Hi class, this is your instructor, Skylar Huff. I'm here to help you all review for your first Bio 103 chapter test. This will be on chapters 1 and chapter 20. First things first, I really hope you've been studying well. So I hope when you begin to take this test, you by now know what is defined as knowledge of the natural world. In addition, make sure you know what the scientific method involves. Thereafter, when you have some test of a hypothesis, make sure that your hypothesis is something you can do something to. I'll give you the answer right here, but I don't know if it should be short or repeatable or even predict predictable, but you should know what a hypothesis is. Nextly, you should also know what a testable statement is. So what do we define that as in biology? Next, you should also know what is a heterotroph? There is a defining feature of heterotrophic organisms, and make sure you know what those examples of heterotrophs are. Nextly, the interactions between wolves, trees, and rabbits is an example of something. And make sure you identify here, I've given you three examples of things that are all living. So a pack of wolves would be an example of something else. Next, I get on down to the study of fungi. By now, I would say you all should know very well indeed what is the study of fungi. In addition to that, you should know the study of birds. What is that branch of science called? So when you get down into the female reproductive tract as well as pregnancy, what is that branch of biology, or at least that branch of science known as? Including the study of insects. You should be able to define that. Nextly, the things that I like to see out in nature, most importantly, are part of bryology. So make sure you know what the study of bryology studies. So next, know your levels of biological organization. And here I'm referring to things that are outside, being ecological. And make sure you go from the things that are the smallest of which, to that that is the largest, including the expanse of everything. So in living organisms, we have processes that everything must have. Those processes that exist are growth, repair, and nutrition. Know what those things are that are needed. Nextly, I get down onto the cell theory. Make sure you know those three tenets of the cell theory. From here, I'm getting on into homeostasis. So in homeostasis, living things involve all kinds of processes and know what those processes are that allow us to go through homeostatic processes. Next, I get on down to genetic variation and the way that which it arises in asexual organisms. Know that process. Now I'm getting on down into organisms that are reproductive. So those that reproduce asexually or sexually and they benefit. So the thing I'm asking about here is, is what is that benefit of sexual reproduction? Because I know organisms do it both ways, but there is a benefit to being sexual. Also, there are things that are not benefits, but that was not asked here. Nextly, in all organisms, genetic information is encoded within some form of molecules. You know what those molecules are called because everything on life that, of course, is living has this form of information. So the theory of evolution states something and know what evolution is. And I'll just add to that that it is populations that evolve and not individuals. So the evolution of a species, it operates on what level? And I just gave you that answer a moment ago. 
which of the following statements that I'll give you here is not about natural selection? Is it that there is some variation with that population? Is it that every individual is composed of cells? Is it individuals with adventitious characteristics that tend to survive? Or is it that survivors pass their adventitious characteristics onto their offspring? So no, the ultimate source of genetic variation within a population. In addition to, know what is the most basic level of chemical organization. So go through those levels of organization, and this deals with things such as before you get to a species, and then of course all the way to the organismal level. So the present system of biological classification consists of six kingdoms. So make sure you know what those six kingdoms are, and be able to tell which of the following does not belong to any of those kingdoms you have now learned about. So, how do we know the difference between a prokaryote and eukaryote? Those organisms that are prokaryotic as well as eukaryotic. Now, something is called all of the members of the same species occupying the same area at a given time. So what is that term given? that lets you know that this includes members of the same species in a given area at the same time. So the following makes you know the pattern of energy flow. So I know that energy starts somewhere and then something harnesses that energy and then everything thereafter depends upon that something. So the ultimate effect on an ecosystem is what if there were to be no decomposers? Know what a hypothesis is and also know why experimenters use a control group. So organisms that use the sunlight energy to synthesize complex food molecules via photosynthesis are known as what? Thereafter, then I have a term that deals with the study of cancer as well as tumors. I also know the study of fishes, and yes, I did say fishes, meaning more than one species of fish. Nextly, make sure you know how to define speciation and I'll give you a hint. It, it deals with the development or the creation of new species. So know how you define that. So next, we have mechanisms that prevent inbreeding between two different species whose ranges may overlap. So know about those reproductive isolating mechanisms and, of course, the difference among sympatric as well as that that is not sympatric, being allopatric speciation. So what keeps species different, meaning the present, pre prevention of genetic exchange between two species because they reproduce at different times of the day or season or even during a year. So think of reproductive isolating mechanisms and the differing types that deal with time. Nextly, mules are the perfect example of something dealing with this very same concept of giving species reproductively isolated. When the reproductive cells of different species are incompatible, what does that recall? What, what type of isolation is that? Next, in a certain type of speciation, a new species forms within the same geographic region. So this does not involve any type of barrier. They're in the same area. So what is polypody common in? Would it be common in things that are plants or do be more so common in animals? So variations in the rate of growth for different parts of the body, what is that referred to when this part of the body grows at this rate and of course that part of the body grows at that rate. So next I'll get on to new ecological roles that were not previously exploited by an ancestral organism. So what does that evolve when something evolves and gives up or at least gets a new ecological role that was not had before? 
And next I get down to the continuous or that low level extinction rate of species. So this has been happening on and on and on. Nextly I get to what type of speciation is most common in animals. Most common. And then when larval or juvenile characteristics are retained in the adult stage, it is known as something, meaning keeping part of those characteristics they had once before. And then getting on down to when an individual adaptive zone can be occupied by how many different species, meaning one individual adaptive zone. And finally, when does a mass extinction occur? So make sure you know when that happens. Well, that's it for this week, class. As I said before, make sure you study well, and I will see you all in class on the 24th. Study well and go. Coastal Alabama Community College. Thank you.